I'm Marco Werman, and this is The World, a co-production of the BBC World Service, PRI, and WGBH Boston. It's a shocking crime, no matter where it's committed. Acid is thrown in someone's face, leaving the victim burned, maimed, and disfigured. Sadly, it happens more often than you think around the globe, and almost always the victims are women. Today in India, for example, police are investigating an acid attack against four sisters. This is a kind of crime that's also too common in neighboring Pakistan. At least 150 acid attacks were reported there last year. Many more are not reported because victims are pressured by their community to keep quiet. A new law in Pakistan gives acid burn survivors some legal recourse, but as Binish Ahmed reports, the scales of justice are often stacked against them from the start. Dr. Hamid Hassan swings open the door of his examining room to call in his next patient. With the help of a nurse, a slight girl rises from a chair in the lobby. Dr. Hassan gingerly removes the girl's sunglasses and scarf to examine her injuries. He calls her daughter when he asks how she feels. In a small voice, Sidra Yasmin says she's fine looking up at the plastic surgeon only when he pulls at her eyelids. Dr. Hassan takes a deep breath and explains Yasmin's conditions. She has lost eyesight in the right eye, and even the left eye is not the best. Uh, She developed alopecia, for which a hair transplant was done. Half of Yasmin's face is burned. It's now a deep brown color, and her skin bulges into welts across her chest. Unfortunately, there is quite a bit of uh, disfigurement. She will need uh, other surgery. So far, Yasmin has had six operations. Her right ear is a hole in the side of her head, and the skin on her face is uncomfortably taut. But Dr. Hassan says the worst of her discomfort has passed. She has seen a lot of pain, a lot of pain. Once you throw acid and the concentrated acid just burns so quick that the nerve endings are burnt along with. It's been two years since acid was thrown on her, but Yasmin still fights tears as she recalls the trauma she faced. Yasmin had been assigned to overtime at the factory where she worked, but wasn't able to get a ride home. She was friends with her supervisor's daughter, who brought her to their house for the night. My friend and I had eaten dinner and gone to sleep. It was two in the morning when her brother came into the room when we were sleeping. He woke me up and said, come with me. I told him, no, whatever you have to say to me, you can say right here. Her brother started to tug at me and forced me to come with him. He then called out to his mother, who said, she's going to tell everyone what you tried to do. Throw acid on her. Even if she dies, we'll say, we don't know who did it. Yasmin doesn't know who brought her to the hospital. But when she woke up, her parents were there. Muhammad Javed, Yasmin's stepfather, says, when they first got to the hospital, Yasmin was unconscious. Clothes singed to her body, hair burnt off, lips melted into her face. He thought about seeking his own justice against the young man who attacked his then 13-year-old daughter. I used to think I should kill him, shoot him. But then I thought, I should do this the right way and take our case to court. Javed filed a lawsuit against the factory supervisor and her son. 
the father of eight remained resolute despite threats from the defendants to drop the case. They told me in front of the judge that they'd cut me up into little pieces and feed me to dogs. A lot of people threatened me. They said they'd shoot me. They called me on the phone and threatened me. But I wasn't shaken. I fear no one but God. Javed fixes TVs for a living. He had to all but close down his shop so he could travel two hours to and from court nearly every day for seven months. He says legal fees devoured all of his savings. Still, he refused to give up, even as the defendants offered him out-of-court settlements. They wanted to settle. They offered me a lot of money, but I didn't get greedy. They even said they'd take my daughter in marriage, make her their daughter. But if they were the sort to make her their daughter, then why would they have done this in the first place? I didn't take any interest in their offers. I decided that I was going to see this case through to its end. Javed got his payoff, he says, when the mother and son were sentenced to three and 14 years in jail, respectively, in addition to steep fines. But his case is not the norm. Wahid Ahmed Chaudhry, a lawyer representing Yasmin, says most people can't do what Javed did. In a lounge at the Lahore High Court, Chaudhry leans over a thick manila envelope stuffed with details of Yasmin's case. The main problem we have in these type of cases, the trial is very slow. Sometimes it will take four years, five years. Yasmin was lucky because her case was fast-tracked. Since her case, there has been another positive development for victims of acid attacks. Last year, a new amendment was added to the penal code that makes acid throwing a crime. Before that, perpetrators were charged with attempted murder. Lawyer Jodhri says that made it difficult for victims. You have to prove the intention of that person is to kill you. And it's easy from a cue side. You can say, I'm, if I want to kill him or to her... I can take a pistol or a knife. Why should I throw a tester? The unanimous approval of the new law was a watershed moment for survivors who are now seeking legal recourse in record numbers. I would say the more cases you bring to court, despite the obstacles, the more uh, models and jurisprudence you set. It's going to take time. Valerie Khan Yousafzai has been campaigning for years to ensure acid throwers don't get off the hook because of legal loopholes. She heads the Acid Survivors Foundation of Pakistan. In just one year, the conviction rate against acid throwers has risen from 6 to 18 percent. Yousafzai calls that a huge improvement, given the recent upswing of horrific cases of violence reported against women. She credits the state with finally taking the issue seriously. You have this kind of dichotomy, you know, a paradox of huge cases of violence, but more laws, which is a clear message that the state is saying it's not okay. Secondly, you also have had an increasing number of women raising their voice, going to court, getting justice, more convictions, and and that does encourage other victims and women to speak up and not to accept this victimization. But even after the conviction of her attackers, Sidra Yasmin still feels victimized. She says the guilty verdict against the mother and son who threw acid on her offered a bit of relief, but no restitution. When I look at myself, I think their punishment is nothing. They're in jail, but they're in peace. They're still able to eat. They have no idea how hard things have been for my family because of them.
Now that the two have filed an appeal, she's worried her family will fall further into poverty. For The World, I'm Binish Ahmed, Islamabad. That story was reported with support from the Pulitzer Center on Crisis Reporting.